Hey, photographers, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That means improving your photo skills, building on your business knowledge, and honing your marketing abilities. But it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We do try to bring the show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. Again, photographersedit.com and Milu.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode, a brand new guest, and uh, actually a topic that we haven't really spent a whole lot of time on, engagement sessions. Uh, we're going to get there in a second with Courtney Bolden. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've, I've wanted to come on for a while now, so I'm excited. Well, yeah, we, we kind of went back and forth a little bit and, and landed on what I think is going to be a really great topic. We're just going to shed some light on your approach to engagement sessions, which I think will be really great, not just for new photographers, but also maybe for other established photographers who are like, you know what, what, what is that other photographer doing? And, and maybe get some ideas as a result of the conversation. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. I normally start our, co- our, our podcast interviews, conversations with uh, a few questions. The first has to do with brand position. Um, or as we would define it very simply, the unique value proposition that your business offers to your marketplace. So I'm curious, what is your business's brand position? Um, Mine would have to be, I love making people feel comfortable in front of the camera. And I love having fun. I love debunking the whole, you know, I'm not photogenic, but I also just love telling a story of, of the the people that I'm capturing. Okay. So there are a couple of different things in there. What's, what's your favorite, like what's your favorite part of those two or three things that you mentioned? Oh, I don't have a favorite. I love <laughs> it all. It's just all wrapped up in one. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I think probably just making people feel comfortable in front of the camera. And and that makes a big difference. I was just having a conversation with another photographer about that very concept and it seems kind of give like a given or cliche, but uh, there have been way too many times where I've seen photographers at workshops just kind of mouth shut, shut just shooting a, a model, not engaging with them, not having conversation with them, not giving them feedback, encouragement, compliments. And I just wonder how much of that translates to, to the reality of their normal shoots. It's really important right. that we're not only proactive in creating a really comfortable environment to begin with, um, but then also ongoing communication to help the the subject feel comfortable in front of the camera during the shoot too. And we're going to talk about a little bit, maybe about how you do that during your engagement sessions here in just a little bit. But I want to ask you another question about um, customer experience, actually very much along the same lines from your experience as a business owner. And you told me earlier, you've been in business for 11 years. Is that right? Yep. So, 2009. Wow. Okay. So first of all, major props to you for, for being able to make a business go like that. <laughs> Thank but you. what's been one of the most important lessons that you've learned about providing a great customer experience? I think just the connection and letting them, letting my um, couples or clients know I'm there for them before and during and after the session. So just because I'm there for the wedding doesn't mean that I'm not going to be there during the whole wedding process. 
Ah, okay. Yeah, you mentioned connection. And actually, this has become mm-hmm. a really popular thing um, amongst the photography industry, which is great. But it's also kind of the thing to say. And, you know, it's one thing to say, it's another thing to do. I'm curious, what, how, how do you actually make this tangible and practical? What does it look like that you're connected with them throughout the process? Well, I touch, I, I love touching base with them. So like I will email them um, and see how things are going. If they need help with um, finding any vendors, um, if they have any questions on, on their, you know, color scheme, like um, I get, you know, brides who are like, I don't know how this is going to photograph. And so I like to help them and, and work with them. Okay. But also just, I send them guides. If I know that they're bringing their, you know, dog to the wedding or whatever, I will send them like little tips, like, Hey, here's something that I read. Um, so I let them know that like, I'm thinking of them during this whole process and that I, um, I, I care about them like as an individual, um, client, not just like, you know, you're paying me to photograph your wedding or you're paying me to photograph whatever. So I want them to know that I'm there for them throughout the whole thing. And then afterwards I touch base with them um, usually send them like a little thank you card or a gift, um, something that's like personal to them. It would be a lot easier if I could just like print it out on a card, but I handwrite everything. And, um, I, I do that because I want them to know that like they are, you know, an individual, they mean a lot to me. And so that's kind of how I do it. And then I also will, you know, I love following them on Instagram or Facebook and, and seeing what they're up to have a ton of past brides right now having babies. So that's been a lot of fun. I have like lots of babies on my newsfeed. <laughs> so, but yeah. Okay. So, and, and I, man, it's totally my bad that I didn't mention specifically earlier. We were talking about brand position. You are specifically, I mean, your specialty is wedding photography, correct? It is. Okay. Yeah. Weddings and couples. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and of course we're talking about engagement sessions in just a little bit, but um, with those baby clients, this is something interesting that kind of comes up when I've talked to photographers about brand position, because you know one of the things about establishing a clear brand position, if you're going to be known for something, in this case, photographing couples, and you begin sharing a portfolio of pictures of babies, newborns, toddlers, or otherwise, um, it could potentially confuse the brand and, and not necessarily hurt the business per se, but it hurt the effort at developing notoriety for a particular thing. That's one of the, really the main significance uh, be, behind brand position. So to that point, how do you handle the situation where you have a client who is a wedding client, a couple's client who is having a baby? Do they come to you asking for baby photography? Do you go ahead and do it or do you pass it on to somebody else? I honestly, I love to continue to be in their life. They're still, you know, I, I create these really great bonds with my, with my couples, yeah. you know, for their engagement and their weddings. And so Um, I love doing their maternities and I love doing their baby pictures. What I'm not doing is I'm not advertising actively that I'm doing families and then I'm doing, so I'm not taking on like new clients and I'm also not posting them. Yep. Um, so on Instagram, you know, I'm not really posting, you know, baby pictures or family pictures or maternity pictures. You're going to see a lot more of the engagements and, um, you know, travel or whatever, um, to show that I travel. So I am posting what I, what I want to get more of, but, um, I'm not going to turn them away um, unless they want something that just doesn't like, if they're like, we want a a really posed baby picture. I'm like, I don't really do those. (laughs) (laughs) If you want something where I come to your house and you guys are, you know, maybe you're nursing your baby. It's like an in-home kind of session or changing the baby or, you know, just playing with them. 
Um, I just don't do like the whole, I'm not good at the whole like set up, uh, baby setup. And I, I, that's when I'll like refer you to somebody else, but yeah, I, I won't turn them away. Just, I, I love being a part of their life. I love seeing them again. I love, yeah. you know, catching up with them. So, well, but I, yeah, I think this is a great balance though, because, um, and for everybody listening in, if you're curious, you know, you, you hear me talk endlessly about the significance of brand position and focusing and specializing, if you're going to do that, and, and Courtney is a great example of this, focusing on photographing couples, engagements, and weddings, then it doesn't mean you can't still photograph other genres. It's just simply a matter of not advertising the other genres. Right. Um, and, and that will help kind of minimize the potential for confusion, which I think is just, it, it's really important when it comes to the, the mass of photographers out there that a potential client might be sifting to you to try to get to you. If they're not a direct referral, we need to do whatever we can to stand out. And and part of what's going to enable us to stand out more effectively is specializing, having a clear and distinct brand position. So anyway, I really appreciate your perspective on that, Courtney. Let me keep going, though, because uh, time is really very much, I, I guess it's it's probably the biggest driver behind this podcast in the first place. I, I In fact, we started a podcast, this is years ago, called the I Have a Life podcast. And um, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it, it's somewhat serious, too, at the same time, because we were talking, of course, Photographers Edit, my company is ultimately, I mean, it's an editing company, but it's ultimately about giving photographers time back, giving them their lives back. And, yeah. uh, and, and actually, a couple of photographers have even said, I've given them their wives back because their wives yeah. no longer have to edit um, the way that they used to. But nonetheless, it's about time, right? Saving photographers time. So we initially started a podcast years ago, and, and the focus was time. How do we create efficient workflows? Well, that I, I think it kind of fell on deaf ears because the idea of efficient workflow is not a really se- sexy topic. Like most people aren't like, let's go listen to a podcast about efficient workflow. Um, so here we have the book of podcasts and we talk about a variety of things related to running photography business, but we specifically delve into time management because at the end of the day, if we're photographers, we're running a business and we've not created a workflow for ourselves. And, and you and I were actually talking about this, Courtney, before we got started, that 80-20 principle mm-hmm. Um, if we're not creating a workflow for ourselves that gives us freedom and flexibility, what's the point in the end? You know, like we leave the 95 and then we go work 60 hours a week in our own business. I don't know. It, it feels like we're we're missing out in the process. So to that point, that was a long way of setting up the question, which is what are, what are I guess, what is one of the most uh, significant ways that you've found that has enabled you to save time or to manage your time a little bit better so you can not just, of course, run a business, but also have a life, a personal life? relationships, friends and family, um, go do things that you like to. Yeah. So usually, um, I, uh, there's a couple things that I do. So I will block out a little bit of vacation time, say like in the months leading up to wedding season, or sometimes in the middle of wedding season, if I see that there's like, Oh, here's a gap in this area. Say I'm working like a Friday, Saturday wedding, but I have that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, I will block that out and do like a little trip somewhere. So, and I've done it literally in the middle of wedding season. We've, we've That's been great. to, you know, yeah. So it, it does, it kind of refreshes me. Like I come back and I'm like ready to work. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, it helped, it's been helping me the last few years to just not get burnt out at the end of the year. But the other thing too, is because I am a workaholic, I love working. I love being busy. Um, I think it's a, I don't know. I think it's a genetic thing because my sister and brother are the same way. But um, I think for me too is blocking out days of not working. So Mm. like 
I will work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and then if I can be flexible, if someone's like, well, I only have this Monday available, I'll work with them, but then I'll block out the previous Thursday. So I try to have a few days off that I can, um, edit my photos or that I can be with my family or go to a movie. And then also trying to not feel guilty about doing that. Um, I have been quoting my clients instead of saying, yeah, I can get them to you in a week. I'll say it'll probably be a couple weeks before I can get them to you. But I always send out a, uh, a couple sneak peeks to hold them over. Yeah. So it's kind of like, here's a few sneak peeks. I'll get them to you in a couple weeks. So that allows me time to kind of live my life. Whereas before I was like trying to get it done within that week. And then I, I started, I get a couple, usually during senior high school, senior, I don't do too many of them anymore, but a lot of times they'd say, oh, I need these like in a week or two. I'll actually charge them like a, a rush fee because that's not allowing me to relax <laughs> or to have a life. So yeah. well, it's kind of like compensating for that. But yeah, I, but I yeah. love that you're proactive about that, though. It, it, it's, it takes a little bit of guts to do something like that, you know, to yeah. block off the kind of time that you do, because I think there might be FOMO with a lot of photographers. Um, totally. And, and, you know, as a result, they're like, oh, I just have to, as you were talking about earlier, um, you have to, to hustle all the time, right? That's just that's right. the thing that, that everybody says now. And yet, uh, as you and I were discussing before we started recording, that there is... I think something to be said as well to making sure that so-called hustle isn't just busy work for the sake of staying busy, but actually doing things that that matter, that translate productive. to growth in the business, yeah, and that are actually mm-hmm. productive. So um, I, there is a balance to be had. That so-called balance is going to look different for different people. I just I have a lot of respect for the fact that you are proactive and blocking out time for yourself. I think this is something that we all need to be doing consistently. Um, I think that's really, really great. Yeah. And then this year was, it's kind of different this year. I decided I wasn't going to take on, um, any engagements that weren't like clients already. Cause I wanted to focus on the people who've hired me for their wedding. I had, I had 40 plus weddings this year. Wow. <laughs> it's yeah. So it was a kind of a rough year to like get hit with all this, yeah. but, but at the same time, I'm still engaged. I'm still able to focus on my, my clients. But I, it was the year that I was saying, I'm not taking any, um, anything besides like who've already booked me. And then this happened. Now I'm like, okay, who needs family? Done? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it, it is interesting. I do that because I was finding the first, I want to say like the first, maybe six years, of business, I was just dead by the end of like December. I just was like over, I was like, I don't want to do this again. But then April would roll around and I'm like so excited and I'm desperate, you know, or I shouldn't say desperate, but I was just so excited to get back to work. So I just have realized like I need to block time off for myself. Hmm. Um, because I love going to the movies and I love going camping, uh, not like I glamp more than camp, but, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I love spending time with my friends. Like that's important to me. So I don't want to just be like a slave, um, to my work and to my business. I want to enjoy it still. So I, I have to find that fine balance of what works for me and it's going to look different for everybody. But for me, usually having about four days off, it, it helps. And then when my kids go to bed, that's usually when I'll be editing and that's kind of my work time. 
I've got this really cool solution for your editing problem too, so you don't have to edit it at night. I know. Hint, hint, I know. <laughs> I know. And you know what's funny is I actually I I used you guys for like two years and I used you guys for weddings. Yeah. Um I it was last year and the year prior, but I haven't really had any weddings this year. So Fair. I haven't, you know, I haven't been back just because I um but I, I literally I've been um I was only using you for weddings because the in, the little sessions, the engagement sessions, they only take me maybe an hour to go through. So, Got it. Um, I the weddings are usually the ones that are um, time consuming and. Oh, I'm, I'm ultimately I'm ultimately giving you a hard time, but I, I do appreciate the shout out too. That's that's really nice of you, and we've certainly seen a, a just a massive down downturn in business, of course, as a result of COVID, because mm-hmm. all the all of our clients um, are also experiencing. Uh, similar issues themselves. So it's it's a tough season to be in, but wow, yeah. 40, 40 weddings too. That's so impressive that, that you've got that kind of a business established. Um, but it, it, it speaks to your business acumen and the fact that you're able to do something like that while simultaneously, again, being proactive and, and blocking out time for yourself. I think it speaks volumes. And I think for all of our listeners, it's a really great example. So I, I appreciate you sharing your perspective on that as well. All right. So, so when we're talking about time management, then, um, naturally delegation outsourcing, I mean, we were just talking about the idea of outsourcing or delegating editing work elsewhere. Have there been any other elements of your business that you've experimented with when it comes to delegation? Yes. Um, (laughs) I laugh because I, I hate admitting it, but, (laughs) um, my assistant is a really good writer Yeah, and, um, a lot of times I'll have her write, uh, you know, emails or newsletters or things that I'm going to be sending out. And, um, she also does all my blogging for me as well. So, um, why do you hate to admit that? I think that's brilliant. Oh, I just, because I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I like to do, I like to say that I do everything. I don't know. I, I mean, it's a pride thing, but, um, I don't know. I'm just not really good at writing. I, I have a very, I I just I barely graduated high school. Um, like my GPA, I think was like one point eight. <laughs> like I barely barely graduated. Yeah, but look at um, you! You started the successful business, and I mean the <laughs> idea that you've you've found something that you can delegate to somebody else, so you don't have to manage that. I think it's brilliant. I mean that that's running a business proactively. That's yeah running a business in a way that not only allows you to focus on the things that actually grow the business, but it also allows yeah. you to have a life in the process. So I don't yeah. my goodness, don't beat yourself up for that. It's nice too because I absolutely love my assistant. Um, I, I have a couple that I rotate between, and, and both of them actually are previous brides of mine. Yeah. But they're crazy talented, and um, you know, they were looking for a job, and I was like, "Come work for me." <laughs> so, um, but they're I love I love working with them, and they come over. We do like a monthly, a monthly uh, meeting where we talk about you know the uh, emails that we want to do or. Um, the blog posts, how we can better the SEO. Um, basically, it's just like kind of a monthly meeting, but it's nice. Like, we'll, you know, have coffee or lunch or whatever and, um, you know, just kind of hang out, but we're also getting stuff done. So it's really fun. That's, I think that's, man, it's just like best of all worlds. So you, you got the delegation yeah. thing going on. You get to hang out with friends, have some good conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah, really. You gotta d- love who you work with. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, but again, don't beat yourself up for, for, delegating something out that's saving you time that's creating freedom that that's letting you focus on the things that you want to i think i think that's really really great really really a a great example for our listeners 
trying, trying. <laughs> I have my my sister is like a crazy. She's a mom. Um, um she's a, a mom of three little girls, and okay. she's really, really present on Instagram. And so for a while, I had her doing my Instagram for me, and then I found Planoly, and I've been using Planoly, and so I haven't needed her <laughs> anymore. Yeah, but. She was helping me with my Instagram for a while. It was funny because my, my aunts, like all my family are like, this isn't Courtney writing this. Like they all knew. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, you point out the significance of software. So, you know, one of probably the most effective way to save time in a business is definitely delegation. Um, but Absolutely. one of the others at the top of the list is automation. And we've got, I mean, mm -hmm. it's the coolest thing. We live in 2020. There's all kinds of software out there that either doesn't cost anything or doesn't cost very much, especially in comparison to the amount of time that we're saving using those tools, something like Planoly. I think I think it's great. We should all leverage that kind of thing to to save time. There's no reason for us to be doing unnecessary busy work and wasting a bunch of time. Again, under the guise of, you know, hustling. Um, yeah. it, it's kind of becomes almost amusing at times to hear that said so much. I think there's significance to working hard, but I think we should work intelligently and to work exactly. on the things that actually make a difference. Um, and exactly. that's where a lot of photographers get confused, especially when it comes to editing. Even, um, a lot of photographers will hold on to that stuff because the assumption is, you know, my client's going to know the difference if I'm not editing. And, you know, the reality is, I mean, I, the example I always give is I, I'm not only a photographer of over 10 years, professional photographer, wedding photographer, engagement photographer, family photographer, uh, but then in addition, I own an editing company and have for about 12 years. And I am still ecstatic at the blurry, imperfect, non-color corrected photos of my kids on my refrigerator at home. I, I couldn't mm -hmm. care less because it's it's just a great snapshot of me and my kids, or just my kids or me and my girlfriend, who, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter that it's not perfect. And yet here we are projecting onto our clients something that they probably haven't even taken five seconds to think about in many cases. Um, yeah. And so I say all that to say that we need to put our effort and time and energy into things that actually matter that translate and then we can delegate and or automate much of the rest and it'll save us time. And again, you've been a great, great example of that. So I appreciate you sharing your experience and your perspective on it. But let me jump to another question. Let's talk about a book. What has been one of the most impactful books that you've read, listened to? Maybe it could even be a podcast too that's made a really big impact in your life. Um, I just finished, uh, I'm so glad you asked this question because I just finished, um, you are a badass and you are a badass at making money Okay, and they are like my new Bibles. I am so obsessed with these books. Um, they're from Jen, Jen Sincero. She's yeah. Italian. So, uh, her last name is kind of tricky, but, um, I, I listen to her books. I, I have a very difficult time sitting down and like paying attention. So I listen to him when I'm doing stuff and yeah. it helps me to focus. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Hands down. It is the best book. And if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a business person and you have goals and dreams and, and you just need a little pick me up, listen to those books, hands down. I just finished, um, you are about us at making money last night. And I just started it right over again. Like that's how much I love it. Wow. It's so, so good. It's, it's a lot of like, amen. Like I, <laughs> it's a very, I I'll be listening to it and I'll be like, yes. I mean, like I'm just loving everything that she's saying and it's truth. It's truth that we need to be reminded of that we need to hear. Um, 
and she's funny and I love it. And I love the stories she tells in it. It's like of her own life. So, you know, she's very real and relatable, but the, the messages that she gives you in those books, it's just one to make you feel empowered and great and that you can do anything that you set your mind to. And that's, that is one reason I just love, I love these books. She talks about a lot of different things and there's so many things that you can relate to in your personal life and not just your business, which I love. So it kind of become my, my personal, uh, Bibles <laughs> they have in been, life. They have been so popular here on the podcast. In fact, probably at this point, the most mentioned book on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I've done over 400 episodes, and, and that has been certainly in the top three of the books mentioned. They're just really, really popular. And I think it, it sounds like many people get a significant amount of encouragement from from those books. Is there, like, is there a particular mentality that the book seems to help you crush, like a negative mentality, that the book seems to help you crush, um, whether it's just, you know, the, either book, really, um, that you feel like mm-hmm. was kind of a trend for you, that, that reading this book was like, you know what, I don't have to think that way, or I don't have to feel that yeah. way. What, what was that? It was a lot of po- just positive talking, um, positive, in, like saying, you know what, I'm going to do this and just doing it and not Hmm. having to apologize and not having to worry about what other people are going to think, um, and just getting it done. So like, I'll give you an example, um, today before, um, the podcast, you know, I had, Oh, I have to be home by this time. And my daughter's like, we need to get something at the store. And I said, you know what, we're going to go to the store and it's going to be before this time. And I'm going to have plenty of time to come home and have something to eat. And like, it's a lot of just positive talking and a lot of like, instead of worrying and being afraid, it's just being confident. And, and that has just changed me Hmm. because I do that for other people. I give people encouragement and I pump them up, but I don't do it for myself. And, and I don't know why. Um, but that the book has just given me a lot of like, change your mindset, change how you think. Um, and that, you know, you can go from nothing to, to everything or from zero to a hundred and, um, people have done it and, you know, surround yourself by those positive people. I don't have negative people in my life. I've already weeded them out. So it's, it's just all of that. It's just having an, a, an abundant life, but also like creating it yourself. Ah, there it is. Creating the abundant life yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I love that mentality. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is. I may have to grab a, a copy of the book at some point because it's been a popular enough um, one here in the, in the episode, or excuse me, on the podcast. Uh, it just keeps coming up. And by the way, for those of you listening in, um, if you don't know already, if you go to Boca, of course, bocapodcast.com is our website. If you go to bocabookshelf.com, um, Haley, who produces the show, has actually put together a, a collection, actually, of the most popular books that have been mentioned here on the podcast. These to being being two of those in the list. Um, and you'll have to go check that out. If you're looking for a book to read, especially while things are a little bit slower, a uh, book to read or listen to, you can go to bocabookshelf.com and uh, see that list there, take some recommendations from some of our guests. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. But let me, Courtney, let me actually jump into our primary focus for today. I had a lot of questions for you um, about engagement sessions. And uh, yeah. I was on your website and saw what is just a, a really beautiful 
video of kind of your approach to engagement sessions. So for everybody listening in, you're going to want to go to Courtney, just like it sounds, Bolden, B-O-W-L-D-E-N.com, CourtneyBolden.com, and scroll down really kind of to the bottom of the page or almost the bottom of the page. There's a, a YouTube video there. Um, showing how Courtney approaches her engagement sessions. And uh, that was kind of the inspiration for me and in saying, you know what, we should chat about how you approach your engagement sessions um, and give some perspective, lend some perspective. What do you love specifically about engagement sessions? Well, kind of going back to that, um, our very first question, kind of debunking that whole, I'm not photogenic. Yeah. I get that literally probably 99% of the time um, and these people can just be the cutest, most adorable couples. Sure. And I'll hear it. I hear it all the time. I'm not photogenic. I'm not photogenic. And I just kind of like, okay, challenge accepted. Because my my goal is to just have fun with them and capture them in their um, natural like setting. Yep. And it it's funny because I start, I see them, they're kind of nervous and I just talk to them and um, I try um, I try to show up a little, like I'll show up a little bit early, kind of scout out, you know, the area and kind of have a vision of what I want. But then when they show up, I like to just chat with them for a little bit and, um, get, you know, make them feel a little bit comfortable. We'll just chat about, you know, the day or things that are going on or whatever. And then I'll say, um, you know, okay, let's, you know, let's get started. And then go into, I just want, I usually start with a walk away photo. Um, I usually start with them holding hands, walking away, bumping into each other, looking at each other, laughing, because it creates this very like, oh, this isn't very hard. I'm not having to stay, like sit there and pose. So that's usually what I start with just to kind of get them a little bit comfortable. Okay. So and we're going to actually get into a little bit more detail about your approach to posing here in just a second. But yeah. the, the, the idea of helping people, couples specifically, feel comfortable in front of the camera. And, and I, I'm sure it's so much fun to be able to surprise them then with the finished product. And they're like, oh my goodness, that looks really yeah. great. Or I look really great yeah. in that. That's yeah, really fun. I like to, I, it's the fun, you know, I, I started shooting film this year. Uh, but I'm still, I'm doing kind of a hybrid thing. So I'm doing film and digital. Um, but I, one thing I love about digital is that you can show them like, look how good you look, you know, on the back of the camera. And usually like, I love seeing their faces and their expressions and seeing how excited they are at like, oh my gosh, that does look really good. Um, so I, I do like having digital for that reason. Um, I don't know if I could like solely just do film, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's really fun to kind of, um, prove to them, like you guys are photogenic. It just takes the right person to help you or the right camera or the right, whatever. Like, yeah. Right and lighting. I happen to be right here in front of you. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. good. No, that, that can be, yeah. and I, I mean, I literally hear the excitement in your voice right now as you're talking about it. So I, I know this is something you're totally into and that's, that's really yeah. cool, especially after 11 years of shooting too. That says a lot, but let, let's actually talk about connection. You, you were actually alluding to this idea of connection, the significance of it earlier in our conversation. Um, let's be, before you actually go to photograph the client, are you usually meeting them in person or are you just chatting on the phone? How do you begin to set the stage for a, a comfortable, relaxed, connected relationship with these clients? Um, sometimes I, most of the time I'd say it's like over email. Um, sometimes I talk to them on the phone if they want, they want to connect a little bit better or they have more questions and it's just easier to do it over the phone. 
but I'll talk to them on the phone um, or, or email them. I do have an engagement session style guide um, and a, like an, a, it's a, it's a planning guide too. So it says, you know, remember to get your ring cleaned and um, make sure that your outfits are pressed so that they're not wrinkly. Um, so I do have like a kind of a tips, like here's your engagement session checklist. Um, and then also um, trying to, I always, I used to be a personal shopper. Um, when I, when I was a teenager, I was a personal shopper. So I love picking outfits out. So that's kind of something that like, they'll message me and say, what do you think about these together? Uh, you know, the, and, and I love being a part of that. And I let them know, please feel free to send me pictures, text me, um, you know, zoom or, you know, FaceTime, whatever. I love being a part of helping them pick out their outfits. So it, it does make them feel a little bit more comfortable and confident that I'm helping them, I think, during the process. Okay, so you mentioned clothing, and this is actually one of the questions I want to ask you about, um, how you talk to your clients about what to wear, but you're saying you help them pick the clothing out. Are you doing that based on their personal style, their interests? Are you doing it based on the location you're going to shoot at? Like, How are you actually making those choices? That's a really good question. And I, I do get that a lot. I just, I usually will do it kind of with both. So I will give them like, these are things to look, you know, look for. And then I usually will have an idea of where they want um, to get their pictures taken. And that's kind of when I will figure out, okay, you don't, if we're going to do it up in the forest somewhere, you don't want to be wearing green because you're just going to blend in. Um, so that, you know, I'll tell them like, um, wear something with color. So I do give them a little bit more on that, but I also will talk to them a little bit about, you know, seasons wise, for example, I'll get winter engagements and they want something up in the snow. And I'm like, don't wear a dress <laughs> because they're going to be so cold. Um, so I usually will say, you know, if you do wear a dress, bring a jacket with you so that we can take it on and off, you know, for the pictures. And then you're not freezing cold. Um, I did have an engagement session like that this year. It was kind of funny, but well, and when um, you're talking about color though, are you making, yeah. cause I can imagine like the average dude, you're like, Hey, wear something with color. Cause you know, <laughs> that's going to, it's going to match with the location. Uh, you never know what you might get from that. Are you being really specific with them based yes. on that location? What does that conversation sound like? So typically I'll ask them, you know, what do you have planned? I'll, oh, first of all, I'll say like, please feel free to um, send me pictures and they'll usually say, I'm thinking about wearing this dress or this shirt. What should he wear? It's always the, the guys never know what to wear. So I, <laughs> I'll, I, it's kind of funny. Um, so usually I love, um, things without logos. I'll tell them that first off, don't have a logo in, in the photo, you know, no Nike or, um, or anything like that. And then you want something that, complements the color. So she's wearing a maroon shirt. You could do navy, you could do brown, you can do tan, you can do um, white, you could do black. Like there's a lot that you can wear that's complementary. What you don't want to do is if she's wearing a pattern, you don't want him in a pattern either because that's too many patterns. So if someone's in a pattern, you want the other person in a solid. Yeah. Um, Contrast. And yeah. Yeah. You, but you know, I've, I've had a couple couples who don't listen to my advice and they wear like <laughs> plaid oh, <laughs> together man. or they wear like two of the same type of striped shirt and different colors. And I'm like, okay, you obviously did not look at my, <laughs> mm. <laughs> look at my emails, but, um, 
but yeah, so it's, it's, um, I just try to guide them that way. And then that's another reason why I love having them send me pictures of their outfits because that way I can help them. Um, and then I always, always encourage accessories. So scarves, if you have like a really cute hat, I love that kind of stuff. No baseball caps. I did help. There was this one guy that he really wanted pictures with this, with his baseball cap. Cause he never goes without wearing it. And I said, at the very, very end, I will get some pictures of you guys with your baseball cap on. And so I gave him like five photos just with his <laughs> baseball cap on. So it make him happy, but um, a little compromise, yeah. huh? Well, for everybody yeah, listening yeah. in, if you want to get a feel for what these pictures look like to give you further context to the conversation that we're having, if you go to CourtneyBolden.com um, and then go to the galleries, there's an, an engagements gallery there. You can click on that and look through the images. You can also follow Courtney on Instagram and it's Instagram.com slash Courtney Bolden, just like I spelled out earlier. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out. Of course, we'll put both of these uh, links in the show notes at BocaPodcast.com. Uh, but talk to me about time of day to shoot. Now, I, I realize this might be obvious to some photographers, but I think preferences will differ too. Some photographers like early morning, some, you know, maybe late afternoon or early evening. Maybe you just like to shoot in the middle of the day in the bright sunlight. I don't know. Tell me, Courtney, <laughs> what's your favorite? So I love sunset. Golden hour is just my favorite time of day. I just think it's so dreamy, so romantic. I will say that it also depends on the location that we're going to. So usually we'll have um, a location picked out. For example, I have next week, I have an engagement session at this one barn and it's facing like if where I want them to be, the light is going to be best in the morning. So we're going to be photographing them in the morning. So that's kind of, I just kind of base it off of the location and I'll do, you know, I have a couple apps on my phone that help me know exactly where the light is going to be you know, that time of day at that one location. Do you have a favorite app for that? What, what's the favorite one you yeah. usually use? Um, I think it's like called Sunseeker. Okay. I think that's what it's called. Um, I just know the logo. It's blue and it has a sun on it. <laughs> um, but Ben Hayes, he uses that. And that's how I learned about it. And, and um, I took one of his online classes and I learned about that. And it's been such a life changer for me for sessions because I feel like you know, where when I would normally schedule something at six, it's actually going to be better if I show up at seven or seven thirty. So it just depends, and it's also great for winter time too because the light is so different in the winter. So I had an engagement session um, this winter at this lake that I've never been to, and I was able to go on the app, figure out, you know, where the light was going to be, and then I scheduled the time. I said, let's meet at this time. So that was really cool. It's very, very helpful. Yeah, we'll link to that app in the show notes. Um, and I'm sure there's something comparable on Android as well, but uh, we'll link to that app in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Do you, you've mentioned locations um, a number of times now. Do you tend to shoot at a different location for each session? Do you like to go to some of the same spots? But How do you choose your location? I have a few favorite locations, but I definitely get tired of them. Um, I'm sure most photographers are like me where it's like, I don't like doing things at the same place over and over and over. I feel very like uninspired after a while. Sure. I will really base it off of them. I'll talk to them about their vision, what their house looks like. Like if it's very white, very chic, what kind of, um, are you wanting more nautical? Are you wanting something, you know, at the water or are you wanting some downtown? So Every couple is very different and I want to be able to talk to them about what, 
you know, cause I assume they're going to be hanging this on their wall. And so I, I want to talk to them about what they, what their aesthetic, their house aesthetic is and like what that looks like so that it goes well together. Interesting. Um, so I think it's, it's important to incorporate their personalities in the location as well. Yeah. But even the house after the fact, that's, that's a really great point too. What, what is that print going to look like in their home, mm-hmm. in that decor. Yeah, that's such a great reminder, such a good point. When it comes to actually photographing the session, um, I mean, you know, I think a lot of photographers, whether it's at the outset of their career or maybe all the way through their career, um, they they geek out on the equipment. Um, I, I do love gear quite a bit. Um, do you have mm-hmm. particularly favorite, like and you mentioned you're starting to shoot film, so maybe this includes mm-hmm. film equipment as well, but What's a favorite lens? Um, even go ahead and mention your favorite camera bodies that you're using for these shoots as well. Uh, this is kind of a funny question because every year I swear it's a different lens. Oh, um, yeah? <laughs> for real. Um, I think last year I was like obsessed with the 35 with my Canon. I'm a, a 5D Mark IV. I have a 5D Mark IV. I have two. And then I have um, pretty much all the the lenses. I have a 35, a 50, 85. I have 2470, 7200. And I fe- I definitely shoot with the primes more. I shoot with like, I, I just go back and forth. Like right now I'm just shooting with my 50. I shoot with my 50 all the time. I think the 85 will always be my baby just because the 85 is the first like, like prime lens that I bought. It was, it was my like, my big investment. So that'll always be like in my, in my kit. But, um, I, I did start shooting with a uh, contact six, four, five this year. And yeah. I have the, um, the Zeiss, the 80. Okay. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. I'm loving it. I'm definitely still learning. It came a lot easier to me this, I think starting it later in my career and understanding the camera. Hmm. Um, whereas I feel like if I had started it, you know, at the very beginning, I think I would, I'd struggle more with it. Yeah. So I'm always surprised when I get the photos back and I'm like, Oh, they turned out <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, they're not bad. So I'd have to say that the 85 millimeter, um, is just, it's my baby. It's my favorite lens. Is that the one it's, four or one eight or one two or it? it's the one two. Okay. Yeah. I mean that, that, that thing opens up so wide and you get these, oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, just dreamy bokeh. Um, again, for those of you listening, and make sure you go check out Courtney's work, and you can you can see some of this stuff. But uh, talk to me about conversation. We, you know, we talked about inspiring confidence and creating a relaxed atmosphere, and the significance of conversation earlier. What does that conversation with your clients sound like during the shoot? What kind of things are you saying to them to guide them, to encourage them, um, to help them feel like you actually are enjoying what you're doing? What does that sound like? Well, you know, like I said earlier, I'll show up, we'll chat a little bit, um, you know, get to know each other, talk about the weather, talk about right now it's (laughs) COVID-19, talk about, you know, what they're doing for their job. Are they working from home? Kind of getting them feeling comfortable. Or um, Yesterday I had an engagement session and it was like, oh my gosh, you guys look absolutely amazing. And they did. They looked stunning. So it's a genuine compliment. It isn't something that I'm faking. It's very, very genuine. Um, we'll talk about where did you get your makeup done? Um, I like to know who the makeup artist is or the hairstylist is or who I need to, you know, tag in, in photos. 
Um, and then we'll kind of get to it. And then I'll, uh, I start with them walking away, walking towards me. I will talk to them about, you know, like, give me like a nice kind of drunken walk after you've had like, you know, way too much to drink and kind of give me a drunken walk without the ugly <laughs> face, without the drunk face. And then, you know, bump into each other a little bit, like hold hands, act like you like each other. That's my big, um, that's my big saying. Everybody says, Courtney always says, act like you like me. Um, well, can so I, you definitely, can I ask you though with that? Cause a lot of photographers will say that sometimes jokingly. Um, but yeah. what does that actually mean though? Like, I, I guess for somebody who's on the other side of that and they've not been photographed much, if any before, and somebody says, act like you like each other. Do you, do you expand on that? Do you build on that? Cause it seems like some clients might get confused by that. Yeah. It's usually when I have them facing each other and they're standing like, like, it's like a church dance when you're too young <laughs> and they're like, be a Bible apart or whatever. Yeah, and really they're like stiff. way far away. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys, like, I'm pretty sure you don't like hang out like this, like get closer <laughs> together. Yeah. Um, or I'll just tell him like, you know, you may, you may experience seeing your spouse with a Cyclops eye and that's okay. You want them to be close, you know? <laughs> like, uh, So I, I, I am trying to be silly and, um, not so serious. And so I'll, you know, I'll tell him like, just so you know, like I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to show, you know, your cross-eyed right now, but, um, I do want you guys to get a little bit closer. I'll say like, I'm pretty sure, um, like I'll make jokes. Like, I'm pretty sure you kiss your mom like that. Like, do not, (laughs) do not kiss her that way. Like, so I, it's just really kind of making them feel like they're my friends. Um, that I'm their friends. Like, honestly, I've even been, I, I will tell them to literally have like, take a shot right before, um, their engagement session, just to kind of loosen them up a little bit. But I just feel like, you know, talking to them beforehand kind of gets them comfortable and then showing them the, the result of the photo within the first few minutes, once you show that to them and they're like, Oh my gosh, that turned out so good. Then there's a little bit more trust. They trust me that I know what I'm doing. And then they're a little bit more relaxed and then you can kind of go from there. So the conversation's usually very like, kind of like what we were talking about. I'll kind of joke with them a little bit, but then throughout the session, I'm not having to do as much joking around because they already are a little bit more relaxed. And then usually it's just like, oh, you guys look so good. Let me have you tuck your hair behind your ear so I can see your pretty face. So you're, you're still complimenting them. You're still talking to them through through that, or I always will tell the guys, put your hand in your pocket with your thumbs out or put your arm around your fiance or your girlfriend or whoever. Um, because otherwise it looks like you don't like them. <laughs> like you don't, like you don't want to be around them. So just kind of, um, showing some affection, show yeah. me some affection, show me you love her or show me you love him or, um, so kind of going from, from there. But, you know, I, I was thinking you were talking about the the idea of giving compliments. And I, I've said this on the podcast before and very much like brand position, I'm going to keep bringing it up because I, I don't think it can be really overstated. And that is, let's actually, when we're photographing our clients, let's actually be excited about the photographs that we're capturing of them. Let's actually believe what we are saying to them when we're complimenting them because it, it will translate. I mean, you know, to the extent that I heard excitement in your voice earlier, Courtney, I can tell you are excited about what it is that you're talking about. If we do that same thing 
when we're complimenting our clients and we're we're actually thinking about the compliments we're giving them so we're not just kind of robotically repeating the same phrases that we would say to all of our other clients that stuff actually makes an impact and you know if right. we bring that kind of energy to the conversation to the shoot and you're talking about showing them the back of the screen that the compliments to go along with that oh my word do you see this this is stunning how mm-hmm. cool is this um, exactly. And, and, genu- and genuinely communicate that excitement. That is going to make all the difference in the world. They're going to certainly be impressed by the photography, I would hope. But along with that, because keep in mind, most of these clients are not artists. They're not photographers. They don't have the same eye that we do. Um, they are going to be as impressed just simply because you're excited about the photos, right? right. Um, and right. that, that we have to keep that in mind. That's plays such a big role. And, you know, I mean, I, I even think back to the, you were talking about you're a badass and you're a badass at making money and the encouragement that the positive talk that comes through in those books. And the reality is that many of us come from a place in our life, whether it was childhood or experience, other experiences that we've had in our life where we're, we're kind of reeling a little bit. We're, we're insecure for one reason or another, and and we walk into a shoot with this camera pointed our direction. We're not used to that idea. Mm-hmm. And somebody is there proactively complimenting and encouraging and helping us along um, in that in that scenario. That really makes a big difference. So let's yeah. everybody listening in. This is such a great reminder. Do what Courtney says. Be excited. Encourage your clients actively, proactively communicate with them throughout the session. It makes all the difference in the world and do show them the back of the camera to to show them how great these images are turning out. It's going to help them relax even further, be more excited about you, about the experience. Uh, And that, of course, translates in a big, big way to the way that you are developing brand notoriety. So um, I I do have actually a couple more questions here. You you were beginning to talk about posing. And, And when it comes to posing, Courtney, is, is there a list kind of a go-to poses that you go through for every client or do you just kind of, the way you were describing it earlier, sound like you just kind of go with the flow. What does that look like? Um, I start, I usually start out just with them walking, walking away. I want them to be moving. I don't, I don't like starting out with a pose because I think that people are nervous, right? So you start with them walking away, walking towards me um, with a twirl or something where they're moving and you can capture them and then, you know, show them like, look how good you guys look. And then from there, there's that level of trust. And so from there, you can put them in a pose if you wanted to, and they trust you and they're a little more relaxed. And so that's when I do a little, cause I do do a, a little bit more posing, um, but not a lot of it. So, um, I'll, I love doing the pictures where he's like kind of whispering something in her ear, making her laugh and she's having her arms around him. I love pictures where, you know, she, he's looking at her, they're facing each other. He's looking at her. She's looking at the camera. Then they look at each other. Um, and then usually we'll do a kiss. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a few that I kind of just go to. Um, and a lot of times I'll do them over again. I'll do the same pose over again, but in a different situation. And it's just to get, a variety. Um, but I like them to just talk to each other, snuggle on up, you know, put your arms around her, snuggle up. Um, I love the pose where he puts his arms around her and she puts her arms around his arms and they're just kind of, um, you know, she's looking up at him and it's just a very sweet, I know that some heights don't 
allow for this. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> but like if he's super tall and she's super short, it looks horrible. But um, you could always bring like a little stool, um, you know, and and just get kind of a close up of that because it is such a sweet pose and and it allows them to look at each other and laugh and talk to each other. Um, if if they're still feeling a little bit uncomfortable, I will make them laugh at each other, like look at each other and laugh at each other because then it creates a real laugh out of a nervous laugh. Does that make sense? Well, kind of, but if you say to them, hey, you need to laugh at each other, that might still come out forced. How do you get them to laugh naturally in that instance? That's you. Well, it, it, it comes out forced at first and then they, they feel stupid for doing it. Got and it. then you get the genuine laugh. So Got I it. usually won't take pictures of them right at the beginning. I wait till they are like genuinely laughing because it creates, they're like, this is so weird. And I kind of, I, I do the same thing with the bridesmaid photos and the groomsmen photos where they're looking at each other and laughing. I'll say, you know, everybody look at the bride and laugh at her. And usually it creates this like really genuine laugh after they are doing it forcefully. It, it creates this really like genuine fun. And then they are way more like comfortable and relaxed. So that one, I, I will tell everybody you know, do that pose because it, it, it's weird. It sounds weird, but it always will give you a genuine laughter. Okay. Like that, you always, always get it. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. That's really interesting too, for, especially for photographers who are, who are new to the game and they're, they're like, I don't know where to get started with posing. Mm-hmm. Um, that really is something that you can go to, not because there is a technically perfect way to approach it, but if you do start to tell somebody, hey, you need to l- just laugh at each Let other, each look other at each other and laugh. laugh. Yeah. And you're right. They, they're totally going to end up laughing for real because they feel t- totally ridiculous doing it. That's great. Yes. Yes. It's so true. It's so true. And um, you know, another thing too, that I've been trying to implement, um, in my sessions is bring music. So I actually bought like a little to go player and, um, I attach it to my bag and then, um, I'll ask him like, what kind of music do you listen to? And, and we'll, and I like anything and everything. So I, I just, you know, have it and play it and it just kind of relaxes them and then they can kind of dance and sway together. So they're still moving. There's yeah. still some kind of movement. But yeah, and and every session is a little different. I think some people are a little bit more comfortable. Um, they're a little more playful. Some sure. are very very romantic. I get guys who are extremely romantic, and they they you know automatically put their hand on her chin and draw her in for a kiss. So it's kind of like knowing, you know, the first I'd say 10, 10 minutes or so, fifteen minutes or so of the session, you really get an idea of the couple and who they are as a couple. And then you kind of just adjust and, and go along with that. And it, it just, it's fun too, because you're being able to work with so many different types of couples. Well, and I also have to just throw this in here as, as a bonus for, for everybody listening in. If you want to, to see some really interesting composition, not just in the way that the image is framed, uh, but in the way, Courtney, that you're layering some of your images with the subjects in the foreground um, and then, you know, beautiful scenery in the background or maybe even flowers that are blurred out in the, in the foreground, framing the couple. And then you have the couple, this one particular image I'm looking at right now, flowers in the foreground and then the couple's in focus. And then you have these trees and the mountains, the snow-capped mountains in the background. It's just really stunning composition too. So 
everybody listening in, make sure you go take a look. Go to CourtneyBolden.com and uh, you can check out the galleries there. Last question, uh, Courtney, maybe just a, a quicker answer here, but what does the delivery process look like for your engagement images? How long does it take to deliver? And are you just sim- simply sending them like an online gallery or do you do an in-person sales session? What does that look like? Um, I have not had the greatest luck with in-person sales. Okay. So I do an online gallery. Um, I deliver to them. And now with the contacts, the the film that I'm doing, I'm able to get prints. And so I do now I'm delivering prints with, um, you know, tied up in a little bow um, oh, wow. and, and mailed off to them. But that's now that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a little fancier here this year. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so that's what I've been doing. That's, that's what I'm doing. But normally it's just, I, I will give them like an online gallery, um, and then I'll touch base with them, you know, down the road. Like, um, this year I've been offering my clients, um, like an eight by 10 with their, like a complimentary eight by 10 with any order that they place. So that kind of gets them to think about ordering more, um, like, oh, well I get this eight by 10 with my order and you, it, it'll produce more of an order, like a bigger order. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're printing those, those images from the film, are you just, are they just regular matte prints or um, what are you doing to actually get those printed? Yeah. So it's just through, through, I use the find lab for okay. my, for my um, processing. Yeah. And they, I can just order them when I, when I send my, my film in, I'll just okay, say, cool. you know, here, you know, well, this is really, been... really good price too. Okay, cool. And we'll, we'll actually link to the fine lab in, in the show notes, but um, I, I really appreciate your perspective on all of this and walking us through in such detail. And oh, yeah. again, for everybody listening in, just make sure you go to CourtneyBolden.com or on Instagram, Courtney Bolden. You can check out Courtney's work. You can follow what she's doing. You can send her a message and compliment her on, on the wonderful conversation here in the podcast. Um, Courtney, thanks so much for making time for all of us here at the Book of Podcasts. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I've, I'm really excited about this and I've been, been wanting to come on this show for a while. So I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, photographers, for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at bocapodcast.com. We do try to bring this show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographers Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.